Do you know what you're going to say when I call your name? I, I think I know. I think Something creative. Welcome to the Star Wars Brothers Podcast. I'm Cliff Boyd, and I'm here with John Boyd. Brother. And Drew Shepard. Konnichiwa. <laughs> hey, there you go. <laughs> For our international listeners. Hi. Yeah. <laughs> Konnichiwa. Is that Japanese? It is. Nice. Do you know how to say hello in Taipei? Not a clue. John, do you know? No. Do you even know what Taipei is? Because I don't. But I know how to say hello in Taipei. No, I don't. Cool. It's Ni Hao. Oh, Oh, it's Chinese. Okay. Is Taipei in China? (laughs) It probably is. (laughs) Well, wait. Isn't isn't Taipei the capital of Taiwan? Maybe. Do they say Do they say Ni Hao in Taiwanese? Is Taiwanese a language? Well, is is that one of those areas that's like it's funk you don't talk about? Like if you're traveling because the Chinese are like it really belongs to us, and no. like the know that we live here, and it's one of those like I don't know. You better watch out who you say it around. I, I have no no conception of any of those international conflicts. <laughs> Maybe I only do because of Amy. I don't know. But. Oh yeah, um, I know that because. Uh, there is a song by the Animaniacs called Hello. Oh, yeah. And, and it's uh, in Germany. It's Guten Tag, which also means good day. Ni hao is exactly how hello sounds in Taipei. And that's pretty much all the lyrics I know. But uh, I always remember those two. Their state's capital song was always so much fun. I love that. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That one. And then I, just, I like the one with the countries as well. United States, Canada, Mexico, Panama, Haiti, Jamaica, Peru. Republic Dominica, yeah. Cuba, Caribbean, Greenland, El Salvador, too, Puerto Rico, Honduras, <laughs> Venezuela. There you Honduras, go. Yeah, I'm sorry, I'll keep. <laughs> Do you know it all? Do you know the whole song? Not the whole song. I oh, I okay. don't know all of it, but yeah, yeah. But you're right. The state's capital, and he does it, and it's uh, it's Wacko, isn't it? That sings it. So he's got kind of the goofy voice. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Indianapolis, Indiana, and Montgomery is the capital of Ohio. There's Montgomery. Yeah. I don't know. I, I can learn something if you put it to a song, honestly. <laughs> yeah, sure. Cool. Uh, guys, talk for a minute because I, <laughs> I have to go check on my son. He's yelling at the top of his lungs. I'll be right back. I'm going to keep recording and I'm not cutting this. So entertain our listeners it. while I'm gone. Right. Go for it. <laughs> John, we're used to this now. We, 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 we did this like last week, two weeks ago, whatever. Yep. So. I, need a, I don't know. I'm at a loss, though. I don't even know what interesting thing I have to talk about today. It's been just kind of a, a dull week. I mean, th- those can be kind of nice, though. <laughs> Not going to lie. Yeah, I guess. I was talking to some of my colleagues today because um, we have our, our weekly team meeting on Thursdays. And so they were asking, you know, hey, what have you been up to this week, this past week? I mean, because we, we talk throughout the week, but really we don't talk a, a lot um, about a lot of other things until the end of the week, just because it's always busier Monday, you know, more laxed around Thursday, yeah. Friday. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, I was really looking forward to Monday. And they're like, why were you looking forward? You don't understand. We had such a busy weekend. Uh, Sunday night, I was like, I can't wait for tomorrow because tomorrow <laughs> is going to be so like structured. <laughs> so. No, I took, uh, I took today off. I took yesterday or tomorrow off. So trying to burn up some 
time off before the end yeah, of the year yeah. because it's only gonna it can only carry over five days and oh, I've got like wow. I've got like twelve that I didn't use. So it kind of stinks losing all those but Ooh, you lost seven days off? I did. But I mean Man. I didn't I did work from home from like March to September. Oh um, okay. So I mean whatever. Yeah. Kind of stinks, but there's no sort of encashment program where you can like no no oh, only if, if I get fired they'll pay out a certain amount of days so hopefully I don't get any kind of payout <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so that builds up are you saying you like kind of banked seven days for the future is that what it is so I can carry over five days oh okay okay but you just lost the seven days off I just lost the seven basically days. you worked for free for seven days last year yeah staying cool. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's an- so so with my old job I was required to take off Thanksgiving week and Christmas week. Oh, okay. In my new job, I had corona during Thanksgiving. And so, whatever. Um yep. and then Christmas week like there's no way I'm taking off. I barely get Christmas off with my new job. Yeah. I mean, sure. officially I do, but but I'm available and Mm-hmm. And I'm making sure everything's the way it's supposed to be. So uh, it's kind of hard to work out those, get those days back. So, okay. I'll do better next year. I'll, do, <laughs> I'll be a better employee and take off. Yeah. I mean, isn't, that's funny way to incentivize people. I don't know. That's not the way I think, but yeah, I get a, I get 39 days off a year. And so sometimes it's hard to use them. 39 days is pretty good though. Yeah. Considering that, you know, you get weekends on top of that too. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's more than a month. You couldn't take it all at once though, right? You'd have to split it up. Uh, if I had a, a reason, a genuine reason to, I could. Yeah. And really there's nothing that they can do to not, but it wouldn't be good. Uh, it wouldn't be good yeah. for your yeah. reputation. No. Standing with your right. boss. Yeah. All right. Your stores would fall into disrepair. It, yeah, it wouldn't be good. All the merchandise would be stolen. At all, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, without me. So what's new, Drew? Um, man. Well, just right off, right off the cuff, I have to tell you, I have been networking and advertising this podcast still. Oh, so, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Are we getting some new listeners, you think? I don't think so, but I'm trying. <laughs> I'm at least getting the word out there. We went to a wedding on Saturday up oh, yeah. in Gainesville, and some okay. of my friends were like, oh, what have you all been up to? What are you doing? Blah, you know, just haven't seen these people in a few months. And I was like, well, do you like Star Wars? And Amy's <laughs> right beside me, and she immediately says, oh, my gosh. Are you real? <laughs> and, we might get a few sympathy listeners. They're like, like, oh, how many people do you have listening? I was like, oh, five, maybe three, including us. <laughs> and then, they're like, oh, I want to listen on my car ride now just to get you more views. I was like, no, we really don't care. Like, she's like, no, but I care. That's sad. I was like, well, here's the link. <laughs> oh, some sympathy lessons. It's funny. So, yeah. so it's kind of the opposite with me. So. Um, I'm, uh, uh, I'll say I don't have just a whole lot of friends. Like I have a few people that I talk to. Right. Um, 
And then my wife has like thousands of friends everywhere we ever move immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, and so to, to try to get me like uh, talking with her friend's husband's, uh, she'll be like, so do you like Star Wars? And I'm like, oh, this is not a good way to, yeah, yeah. to start this off. <laughs> and then she'll be like, yeah, my husband does a podcast. And they're like, really? <laughs> and then uh, I'm like, I sure hope they don't listen. Let them get, get to know life. me first. So, yeah. yeah. We, we all have that bridge that's like, okay, we're – we're, you know, meeting a brand new person for the first time. It's like, all right, where can I bridge, you know, start making connections here with this person? And sometimes it is Star Wars. I'm like, at least lately, honestly, after doing this podcast, that has been one of the go-tos. Like, well, do you like Star Wars, perhaps? <laughs> do you like podcasts? Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> oh. The problem is that it's not like you can just type in Star Wars and our podcast comes up. No. You literally have to type in the Star Wars Brothers. <laughs> and like by the time you get to the R in Brothers, it's like, oh, this oh, that one? <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. It's like, oh, so- your business card. <laughs> you didn't accidentally type in everything else exactly right before you got, <laughs> oh, okay. You must uh, it's be like looking auto-fill. for this one. It autofills the S, you know, it's like, all right. <laughs> oh, anything new with you, John? Uh, no, not really. We were talking when you were tending to Luke. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of just a slow week uh, for me, uh, which is good sometimes, but nothing really, uh, nothing really new. No. Yeah. Well, not really with me either. You mentioned my son's name. I don't know if I've ever told this story before, but my wife, um, she wanted to name uh, Luke something that was just straightforward and simple. Um, and she wanted him to go by his first name, which I think is a good thing. And I liked, I liked names that were a little bit more creative and she just didn't like any of them. So finally one day, and she really wanted a Bible name. So, so she was coming up with all these different Bible names. I didn't really like any of them. She finally said, Luke. And I said, hey, you know, that'd be so bad. I can, I can say, Luke, I am your father. <laughs> she almost immediately nixed it. <laughs> and then finally she was like, well, maybe that's okay. So I tell people that, um, that uh, Shauna named him a, a Bible name and I named him a Star Wars name. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, not, not really any news with me. He's been playing my PlayStation five. Uh, well, I do have these new drops that I don't know if I talked about them before or not, but it's basically this really, really dense salt water that I drip into my eyes. <laughs> it's just stings oh. so bad. And I have to do it six times a day, uh, for like a month and a half to see if it helps my vision. I don't know if it will or not, but I'm trying it. So I'm, I'm, I'm sort of hopeful but also kind of coming to grips with my my vision i don't remember how much i've told listeners before but um had sort of a not a completely botched surgery but it did not go very well um um, thought it did at the time and then just as time has gone on my eyes have not gotten any better from where they are right now um i've got sort of vision impairment in uh in that i can't see as well anytime 
it's not just very bright outside. It's very bright. And I see pretty good. And if it's not, I don't. So, but I talked to your doctor the other day and he's got me trying these, these drops that just burn the fire out of my eyes and we're going to see if it does any good. So keep doing that. Sure. Hope that. Yeah. I hope so. If not, you know, it's, at least I have my sight, you know, it's could be worse. Yeah. Could be worse. And there's some drops I have to sort of treat it and make it to where I can see a little bit better in the evenings. And it's not a great system, but it's better than not having any option to see better than I do by default right now. So, yeah. So anyway, I think I've talked about that some before, so I won't go on and on about it, but, but just been trying that new treatment, burning my eyes with these drops that have like this, it's like this, it's, it's, it's sodium chloride and it, the carrier is some kind of acid and it just hurts so bad every time I put it. It doesn't last long because my eyes will water and it washes it out and dilutes it pretty quick. Uh, but when I first drip that drop into my eyes, uh, every single time it just burns like crazy. So Man. it's like rubbing a pepper in your eye, you know. <laughs> oh, accidentally when you're cutting jalapeno peppers and like you scratch your eye. Right, like, yeah. It's, oh! like, oh! <laughs> it's kind of that feeling. You know, Speaking of eyes, and this is completely random, but I've always, uh, you know how the Siths have like red eyes? Yeah. And they always look like they need drops. I wonder if their eyes mm. burn. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And on the flip side, I wonder if these drops, if they don't work, if maybe they'll give you like a Sith eye look, that'd be kind of cool. You know, that that would be kind of bad for my business, but. That'd be. <laughs> 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 my class would be like what is but you could be guy? a really you, you might be a very effective <laughs> cosplayer that's uh, true yeah yes. maybe i can go maybe i can go into professional cosplaying get my uh uh my darth maul face paint in my my robot spider body <laughs> that'd be pretty cool oh so the end of season four man i'm pumped I'm going to so go ahead and summarize it. I'll go ahead and summarize it and we'll jump right into it. Unless you have something else you want to say before we do that. So I, are you still recording? Yeah. The little Why would recording. I stop recording? Okay, right there it is. I don't <laughs> oh, know. It okay. went away. It went away <laughs> oh. for me, but it popped back up. Um, okay, yeah. I will say, so I have not enjoyed season four. Oh, okay. Like for the most part. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, the last but, arc was pretty good. You gave it like a seven, didn't you? Yeah. Well, the last arc, but that's yeah. out of a whole season, one right. arc. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think that everybody, that the ones that we just watched are the ones everyone remembers. Let me just yeah, say that. Yeah. I bet so. And they tell so. you season four is so good. Yeah. It's because of what we just watched. Anyways, right. I'll let, <laughs> before we go and reveal too much, I'll let you let you introduce them and all like you normally okay i actually didn't read because i just watched these yesterday i watched them all four back to back in a row um like it was one big movie just such an awesome such an awesome night got so pumped watching it um at so many different points in every episode really it's just just four great episodes back to back i thought anyway and um when uh when i got done well let's see what was i saying Oh, uh, and so I didn't, I didn't need, because I saw him so recently, I didn't actually need to go and, and re, you know, reread any notes or anything about it. Like last week it had been like a month. <laughs> so this week, everything's really fresh. I'm going to just summarize it best. I can remember it. Basically we start out with a focus on Ventress and she is with the night um, sisters and the night mother. 
on that weird planet. Again, I guess last time we left her, she had basically, um, I don't remember exactly how she got there, but she had been, um, oh, oh, yeah, that's right. Palpatine basically ordered Dooku to kill her, right? And so she felt betrayed and had to end up running away and, and went with her night sisters. So beginning of the episode, she basically becomes an official night sister. And then Dooku sends, which she goes through some kind of a weird baptism. And I don't know. It was strange. Uh, then Dooku sends his droid army um, led by General Grievous to attack. So they go and they attack uh, the night sisters and just get to where they're slaughtering all of them. Um, but the night mother goes and performs a secret ritual uh, thing where she uses her witchcraft to basically raise a zombie army out of dead night sisters from the past. <laughs> and they are able to contend with the droids for a while, but it doesn't last. Um, they eventually are overpowered, overcome, and, and the night sisters are basically all slaughtered except for Ventress and the night mother. As far as we know, we don't know of anyone um, other than that, who is uh, is a survivor? I don't think. I think it's just those two. And I'm not even 100% convinced the Night Mother survived. I was a little bit unclear about that. She kind of becomes an apparition. Um, yeah. who, uh, maybe she's always been like that. I don't know. But um, but she sort of goes from this green smoke to a to some sort of a bodily form uh, of some kind. And I got sort of a force ghost impression at first. But then I thought, well, no, maybe she's maybe she's always been like that. So not 100% sure. But uh, but anyway, that's sort of where we end up. Ventress ends up basically having to flee and figure out what to do with her life now that all of her night sisters are destroyed. So she runs into some bounty hunters in the next episode, and they go on this big uh, delivery mission for these weird sort of guys who have a, a, a mouth that has four little parts that come together. Um, sort of squid, squid-like, um, seemed like a very uncomfortable mouth, very unnatural <laughs> mouth that they had. But anyway, um, she goes on this mission for them where she has to deliver this box with these other bounty, bounty hunters. And that, that team is actually led by none other than Boba Fett. Uh, Bosk is actually also on the team, but Bosk is now following Boba Fett's leadership, um, even though he's still just an adolescent. Um, if even that, I don't know how old he is, but he seems sort of adolescent-like to me in this episode. Uh, but Bosk and a bunch of other bounty hunters um, go on this, they, they get on this train in this underground planet, and um, they get attacked by these assassin-looking guys with these masks on. And while they are fighting them off um, and fulfilling their, what would you call it? Their, what do bounty hunters get? A uh, their commission contract or whatever. Or? Yeah, they're fulfilling their contract. Um, the box that they're delivering gets knocked over. They were told, "Do not open this box." Their box gets knocked over, and inside is a girl. And turns out, the assassins that are after what's in this box are really just this girl's people trying to rescue her, led by her. I don't know, fiance or husband or boyfriend or something. I don't know. But I think anyway, brother. Ventress is like, okay, well, you know, um, we still gotta, we still gotta finish the job. So she beats him up, um, delivers the box, all the other bounty hunters basically, basically fall except for her and Boba Fett. And then she basically insists to Boba, Boba Fett that no, I'm going to deliver because you're just a kid and they won't respect you if you do it. So, um, they all kind of underestimate her at the beginning, you know, they think, okay, I guess we'll take this, this woman along, whatever. 
um, see if she can hang with us, but they're kind of trying to push her around by the end of it. You realize that they're no match for her, that she is far superior to all the rest of them combined. <laughs> and is the only one who is left besides Boba Fett at the end um, there after the assassins attack, all the other ones got thrown off the train. I don't think anybody died, but they all got thrown off the train. Um, anyway, she delivers the box and then gets back on the train and, and, and goes away. Turns out the box was being delivered because they were trying to uh, send this woman to this other squid guy to be his wife. So um, here's this sex slavery showing up in human trafficking, sex slavery showing up in star Wars again. But when he opens the box, there's none other than Boba Fett inside, (laughs) but she takes the bounty money, books it um, takes just her share, gives the rest of the shares to the other people. Uh, and then leaves and she's like, ah, Boba Fett will find his way back. Um, so she actually sets the others free and has them pay her for it. But she sets the, uh, the, the girl and the boyfriend free and, and kind of gets us to warm up to her a little bit. Like, okay, maybe she's not completely evil because she at least didn't want to be involved in this human trafficking. Um, unlike others boba fett i guess although i don't don't guess boba fett knew it was human human trafficking either until uh until the end but was definitely still okay with with fulfilling the mission even after he found out he was delivering a human so um says something about boba fett perhaps anyway she leaves she's got some money now and um we don't really hear from her again for a little while but but um in the next episode we go and meet up with Savage Oppress again. And he goes and he's on the hunt for his brother, uh, none other than Darth Maul. And so he goes to this big dump planet where there's these big fire robot things that eat the trash. And so he's on this planet and he runs into this snake, talking snake. And the snake leads him to uh, Boba Fett. Obviously, Savage looks like Boba Fett because he's the same race of alien <laughs> as uh, as boba fett is so the snake kind of knows what he's looking for and takes him there but when he gets there he pushes him down the hole thinking that he's basically feeding him to um am i saying boba fett I'm, i mean darth maul darth maul he's finding trying to find his brother darth maul so he basically throws him down this pit and and thinks that darth maul will take care of it right well savage and darth maul i think they end up fighting right but then eventually um y'all help me out what exactly happens here um i think the snake comes down and is surprised that savage isn't already dead and then what savage maybe kind of just i don't know if he overpowers darth maul or not but they end up um basically bringing by the end of it savage ends up killing that little snake guy and then bringing maul to the night mother um, who is the one who sent him to go and find darth maul to begin with right um she's the one who told him that his brother is still alive and sent him on this mission so he brings he brings boba fett to her boba fett i keep saying it he brings darth maul to her but the crazy thing about darth maul though is he has this these spider legs these metal spider legs because obviously his, his legs were cut off at the end of episode one the movie and so he has these spider legs now but when the night mother uh, gets a hold of him. Obviously, he's lost his mind, right? He's just not talking sense and he's kind of skittish and scared of everything, but obviously still a force to be reckoned with. Um, still able to use the force in his un- unstable and um, sort of erratic state. 
but uh, the night mother basically discards his spider robot legs and gives him a pair of more normal robot legs if you could call them that um uh where he's he's a bi what do you call it bipedal being again um and uses her witchcraft to basically sort of extract the darkness from his mind (laughs) that has driven him to such a state of madness and come to find out the reason why he was able to survive is that he was just so angry at obi-wan that he wanted to get revenge and sort of willed himself um to hold on to the last bit of life that he had left in him we don't know where his spider limbs came from but maybe we can theorize about that uh, anyway, in this in the next episode, he and Savage basically want to draw out Obi Wan uh, because he now wants to fulfill his desire for revenge and and slaughter Obi Wan, teach him a lesson. So, in order to draw out the Jedi, he says, "Well, there's one thing that the Jedi cannot ignore. They go to a planet with innocent people, and they kill. They start killing kids, um, and the Jedi see what's happening. Obi Wan's like, "All right, I guess I got to go." Mace Windu says, no, it's a trap. This is what they want you to do. You shouldn't go. Yoda chimes in and says, actually, no, I think you're right. I think you need to go. Um, And Yoda says, I have a feeling that you're going to get help from an unlikely source. And we kind of know who that's going to be. But uh, he ends up going after um, Darth Maul and Savage, but he does not know that Savage is with him and ends up being overpowered by the two of them. So they capture him and uh, they're about to just basically torture him to death when Ventress uh, pops in um, wanting to um, cash in on the bounty that has been placed on Savage Oppress's head, right? So Ventress and Obi-Wan end up teaming up in a fight against Savage and Maul. And really they're not they're not strong enough to beat him. Savage and Maul are the better warriors of the, uh, of the two pairs, I think. And they end up having to flee. So they jump into the cockpit of the spaceship that they're in at the time and book it, um, to finish the battle another day, I suppose, and roll credits. So, so man, a lot of crazy, crazy developments, big shifts in characters that we know, um, uh, the return of, of Maul in a way that I did not expect at all. Um, let's get y'all's initial reactions to these episodes, to this arc. Were y'all surprised by the Night Sisters being wiped out? Yeah, I was. I, I was. I was surprised by it for sure. I can't answer that. That's all I'll say. You can't answer it. I can't answer that. Oh, were you spoiled on it or something? I already knew that was coming from something else. Oh, okay. Mm. Drew, what have you ruined for yourself? <laughs> <laughs> have you been that, watching that's all YouTube I'm saying. Again? I, I, I respect <laughs> the right for you to find out things on your own that you will soon enough. Okay. So, okay, okay, okay. That's fair. I, I was, was more surprised by the zombie army 
Yeah, I liked it, man. I loved the zombie night sisters coming out of I the did pods. Too. <laughs> I did too. Cuz you know, we'd seen those pods before. For the very first yep. time we we showed up on the Night Sisters planet, however many, you know, episodes ago, maybe season 3 or 2 or something. Those pods were hanging there, and we just thought it was a weird planet decoration. Come to find out, that's where they put the dead Night Sisters uh, to save them <laughs> for a zombie resurrection um when needed. So I, I loved it. I thought they were awesome. This was a, this was a, I think we've had, we had zombies one other time in this series, didn't we? What, what was it? Yeah, that? they were, remember. they were controlled by the larva of, yeah, yeah. Uh, of Big okay. Mama or whatever it was. Big Mama. <laughs> right. <laughs> Mama Slug or whatever. Yeah. Right. Oh, oh, and that voodoo on Dooku, that was creepy as oh, yeah. oh, I was watching. Right. He's like, he's getting like right. these balls of like boils and stuff on his head. I'm like, and then he throws up all that green mass yeah. stuff. And like, man, this is a kid's show. <laughs> yeah. So to remind listeners, um, if it's been a while since you've seen this arc, the uh, during the battle, the night mother in the background goes and um, along with working with this old lady, uh, old lady night sister to create these, this zombie to resurrect this zombie army. She also, creates this voodoo doll of Dooku and starts torturing it. And you see Dooku go through some <laughs> quite di- very disturbing torture uh, as a result of this voodoo doll um, until uh, I guess Grievous ends up finding them back there and, and, and destroying, you know, destroying them after he takes care of the rest of them. So, you know, the only thing missing from those scenes when Dooku was suffering and then pain all over the place was some droid just popping up hey what's wrong with this guy looks yeah. like he's got a headache you know <laughs> something <laughs> it would have been good yeah <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they seem to do anything like that in so many other circumstances in this series <laughs> right yeah it would have been a, it would have been a good comic relief really a needed comic relief for this episode this this these, this was quite a dark arc yeah in many ways really the most lighthearted episode was probably that second one and even it had that human sex trafficking in it again. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. And I couldn't tell. You know, talking about that, you mentioned with um, with Boba. I couldn't tell if he was or was not in favor of that, or just because when it was revealed that it was the the girl, he's like, "Don't worry, I'll protect you." And then the next thing you know, she's in handcuffs on the train. I was like, "Well, wait, what?" Is- what, what's happened? Like you are, or you aren't going to protect her. I'm confused here. Yeah. So I get the impression that when the box first opened, he sort of assumed that they were protecting her, but then by the end of it, it was like, Oh no, she's being delivered, not protected. Mm. And it seems to me that he was just going to go along with whatever the job was. That's what I remember anyway, but then Ventress wasn't going to have it. So. Was that your impression too, John? Yeah, it was, I, you know, um, I think he he didn't expect her to didn't he didn't she slap him as well? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think so. Right, yeah. right when she came out and she slapped him, and uh, I think he was going to protect her, and then it was like, oh, you're trying to leave, um, right? Uh, I don't. I, I I'm not a huge fan of uh, of Boba Fett right now. Yeah, in the Clone Wars. Um, uh, I think Boba Fett's awesome, and I'm excited to learn more about him. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm tired of the the little 
angry boy. Yeah. 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 You know, well, he has to go and through I, that stage to reach where he's going to be, I, I guess. I so. get why they're doing it, but, uh, the, the bounty hunters kind of following this, this angry boy wasn't, isn't, yeah. isn't so believable to me. Um, yeah. I guess he is a good fighter. I mean, he was holding his own with his, uh, with Django's blasters. Um, but it still wasn't, uh, I don't know. I'm, I wonder if it's just his sense of purpose. Um, yeah. Maybe he's just sort of the most driven and everyone else is kind of like, well, we're just at it for the money. But then you've got this kid who's like, no, I want to, here's what I, here's where I want to go. Here's my five-year plan. Right. And maybe they're just kind of signing up for it. Like, okay, all right. That sounds okay. I guess we could stick with you for a while and yeah. follow this path. That's kind of the impression I get. Speculation, uh, I, I do, guess, but I, I I do enjoy learning more about Boba Fett, especially because of the uh, uh, spoiler. If you haven't watched Mandalorian, mm-hmm. big spoiler. Um, Skip forward. I like twenty yeah. seconds. Yeah, by the time they get to this one, though, uh, any new listeners get to this, it'll uh, <laughs> uh, season three will be out. Don't hurry and say it before before your twenty seconds goes up. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Skip forward another twenty seconds. <laughs> there we go. Uh, anyways, that's. I'll just leave it at that. Uh, yeah. I like learning more about him because of the the current. Um, yeah, yeah. Because of what happens stuff. in the Mandalorian. So. Correct. Yeah. Yep. Me too. They so, incorporated another one of the bounty hunters too in this episode. The Endo guy, the one with the like the little brim hat that deflected blasters with it he wasn't right, on the train right. but he was there that's right. um that's he made right. like two two or three appearances there too, and he had kind so. of a dog yeah creature yeah. with mm-hmm. him i don't know if we've seen the dog before or not i didn't recognize it i, don't I thought that. he might play a role but then he never spoke a word he was just sort of there yeah but i def- i definitely recognized him it is neat just to see you know their that some of these characters weren't just like literally one one and done characters that they're yeah, actually sure. having a purpose again in future right. episodes. Yeah, even to see him in the background is neat. Now let me ask so you also, this. Go ahead. Uh, Go ahead. Also, Ventress's involvement. Uh, you know, you're talking about. Well, maybe she's. You know, at least she had some good there. Maybe. Um, I think it was. You know, she stepped away from from being a Sith. Right. And uh, forced away from it. And uh, she saw that that little girl, she saw herself in there because the little girl was like, you don't understand what it's like. Oh, that's right. Yeah. And she was like, actually, I kind of do. Yeah. Um, sure. And so, yeah, I, I mean, she she still got extra credits from the uh, the, the ninja people. Um, yeah. That but, was more just to just to uphold her, you know intense reputation i guess she couldn't just right. do something good like it right. was good even though that's why i think she's really doing it um because yeah. she felt sympathy for this girl she couldn't act like that was why so. right and actually did she got she got more money out of it right so yeah. she got not only her share of the bounty i actually expected her to take all the credits and run and she didn't she shared the credits with the rest of the bounty hunters and so she's kind of carving out her niche in the galaxy um not just as a self-serving renegade, but as a probably still pretty self-serving, but, um, but as somebody who has some sense of justice associated with her as well. Right. Yeah. Um, seeing the injustice of this human trafficking, seeing 
the fairness of making sure that the bounty was shared because she was in a team and she made a deal. And so she's keeping her word and doing something that's <laughs> more honorable than something she could have done. Right. Something she had it within her power to do. Um, we see her sort of suppressing the ability that she has to just shut people down. Right. Cause she joins this bounty hunter team and they're treating her like dirt. Like she's just the inferior one of them when really she's by far the best. Right. Um, she's the person that Palpatine fears. <laughs> um, and so just these others on the team don't compare to her, but, but she just sort of takes it and doesn't flaunt it. But then when push comes to shove takes care of business mm-hmm. um, and then looks out for her teammates, right? Make sure they get their bounty oh. sticking it to Boba Fett in <laughs> at the same time, locking him in that box and, you know, uh, well, and on the, the other hand, they did force her to participate, force her. Yeah. They, uh, you know, they had her. And then I was like, look, if she, if she decides not to do this, you're all dead. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. I mean, that wasn't their perspective, but uh, it was. It's kind of a funny scene there, where sure. uh, where they're where they're forcing her, and really she's like letting them live. Uh, I guess just so she can get some uh, money to. Yeah, to I, I was actually afraid there. when all of that was happening. I was I was a little bit afraid that they were going to like in in the canon of things decrease her power level. And make it out like she was a pushover now. And that was bothering me. I was like, man, I, I hope they don't, you know, nerf Ventress here. Because they've made her out to be such a threat. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to act like she can just be pushed around by Boba Fett as a kid. Like, come on. Come on. And then it was like, no, they weren't. She, she chose every bit of that. What, what they're doing is developing her character um, by, in a few ways. One, they're giving us... They're, they're making us like her. They're making, they're making her out to be more than just this evil, horrible person. Um, she cares about this girl in the box. Uh, she sh- exhibits restraint in her powers. And, and so they're doing some really interesting character development for her. And, and uh, in a way that I think makes sense as she's trying to figure out what her place in the galaxy is now. She's not just an evil night sister. She can't be because the night sisters are destroyed. She's not a Sith anymore. So what's she going to be? You know, um, she's trying to figure that out and she's broke. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, see, I was going to ask if you thought that this bounty hunter mission was justified. It, it, that This was the most similar episode to others in the rest of the season. It seems like there've been a lot of episodes where we've got this little team that's going on this mission. That's not directly connected to anything, not directly connected to the clone wars. It's just this bounty hunter crew. It seems like we've had this three or four times already. And, um, and I was wondering if you all thought this, this did enough to justify itself. Um, so I, I think it helped to the, the purpose of the whole thing was to show you a new Ventress. And that's, that's how it's justified to me. Sure. Um, Cause it, I think it would have been maybe even harder to believe how well her and Obi-Wan worked together. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. Had you not had this softening of her character. Right. Completely agree. Cause up until this point, her and Obi-Wan, you know, they've made it out to be, they are com- total enemies. Um, yeah. You know, we remember them fighting numerous times where they've tried to kill each other. And so 
the fact that she would show any sympathy to Obi-Wan would be like, no, this is unheard of. Yeah. Um, you know, what's funny is while they were teamed up, I actually, one of the things I kept thinking of was something we talked about in the movie. You remember in the movie, the diet, we, we put a lot of emphasis on the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Ventress when they faced off and how it was a little bit flirtatious. I kept yeah. thinking about that this episode where it was like, even though they're enemies, even though they hate each other, there was some kind of a little bit of a, um, I don't, I, I think attraction is the wrong word, but there was like a, uh, what do you call it? A, a chemistry between them almost, even as early as that movie that seems to be kind of coming back around. Um, and I think actually paying off here a little uh, yeah, I mean, because when she picked him up, she's like, oh, Obi-Wan, you're not going down that easy. I mean, something yeah. like that, not verbatim, <laughs> but sure, you know. It's like almost like they respected each other in in a way. Yeah. Even as early as the movie, but but then you see it again now. The idea that no one's going to take you down except for me. Like, I am the person to do that. Yeah, I mean, she did slap him when she was trying to wake him up. It wasn't mm. like a, mm-hmm. it wasn't like a wake up, wake up, little pat on the cheek. I mean, yeah, she was like, yeah. "Oh, Obi Wan, you're not going down this easy," and then slapped him across right. the face. And let's be real, she did it because she needs him, not because she's just trying to show sympathy right. for it. <laughs> but but even after, they didn't kill each other as they're escaping. Right. You know, yeah, so there is yeah. something there. Yeah. Okay, we have to talk about Spider Mall. I want to know what y'all's reaction was. Spider Mall. Spider Mall. <laughs> I almost sang the same song. <laughs> uh, Creepy, honestly. Just, and especially when they Savage and Spider Mall, or I guess that's what we're calling them. Spider Mall. That's what he is. Um, yeah. We're underground in the campfire, and Mall was just losing it psychologically yeah. that was oh, creepy i mean was because broken yeah you could just see it the way that they were you know the, the lines the way they had drawn him the the dialogue was he was a broken person and it was creepy because i mean you can you can you know why he is that way and to think that oh my gosh he's been alive this whole time yeah i was completely taken aback by it um, because you know, you see him in the, in the crystal ball or whatever. And I thought, Oh, he's just hanging out somewhere, you know, living as like, living like a hermit and he's going to go find him and then be trained by, you know, Maul be trained by his brother. And it wasn't that at all. It was something totally different and completely out of left field for me. So John. Yeah. So I, uh, I loved it. Uh, let me just say, I love spider Maul, Um, and I was not expecting it. Yeah, uh, you know, I, I obviously just from seeing things, but I expected him to have a robot or or some kind of weird multi leg uh, lower half. Yeah, uh, but I didn't expect that. It was like uncontrollable too, right? You know, like he was not. I, I mean, he could move it, but not the way you should should. Yeah. And uh, and I also never, you know, up until this point, Darth Maul is like a serious. Right. Force to be dealt with like oh my phone started listening to me i think as i said serious <laughs> um <laughs> siri um yeah. but the uh like that is the, not the hardened mall that that you know from right from episode one uh and that's kind of what i expected to see and then to see sure. this crazy 
I, I think initially I like rejected it. I was like, no, that's, mm. that's stupid. And then I was like, no, this is pretty good. Like, yeah. <laughs> he's been going crazy for years. Yeah. Only thinking about how he wants revenge. Obviously in that shape, he so couldn't ever get think. it. Right. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, no way he could ever get it with a yeah. half uncontrollable spider body. And that's all he dwells on is his hate for Obi-Wan. Mm. Um, and then to see how thin he was and like not strong looking anymore. Yeah. Um, I loved it. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Me too. Me too. Now, where did he get his spider legs from? Theories? I mean, he's in a giant junkyard. So you think I he mean, did it himself? You think he just built his own spider spider legs? You know, I think he hired hired, bribed at the point of a lightsaber, or you know, whatever you want to kill it, call it, like those junk people to basically fix. That's my idea. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. All right. And then when they had fixed him the way he wanted to, he killed him like we saw in his the upper layer of his dungeon so right yeah so i hope we find out later on in the code wars if we don't i'm gonna have to read some other stuff that hopefully explains it uh because i don't like the thought of (laughs) uh, just a no leg uh mall like running around on his hands um (laughs) Eventually yeah. getting to this junk planet. Right. Uh, how, would he do, how would that even happen? Like, um, yeah. I mean, there has to be some way. I think it's happened. Palpatine. Yeah, I think Palpatine brought him there. What? Got okay. him, gave him some, gave him some spider legs. Left, abandoned him on the planet to to grow in his hatred. Um, I think this is Palpatine behind the scenes. I don't know. I wouldn't. I, I would not think that. Just okay. because he he failed Palpatine, mm. he didn't yeah. kill the boy. He didn't kill Obi Wan. He didn't kill. Well, he did kill Qui Gon Jinn. Yeah, um, but this is this is what Palpatine does. This is what he did to Vader, right? This is what he does to Grievous. He put he puts these he finds these people. He manipulates them. He gives them these these prosthetics that basically torture them at the same time that they strengthen them, and. Um, and then, I mean, look at Vader. He basically dooms Anakin to his fate and gives him this robot body that he knows is going to suffer in, just living in constant pain. Huh. There's an also in the end of the, the book, the novelization of episode three. Sometime y'all need to find it and read like the last paragraph or something where they talk about what Darth Vader felt like in his new body. And it's just, it's horrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. Um, and Palpatine basically intentionally puts him in this body that he's going to suffer in. I think it's Palpatine. I think it's consistent with Palpatine's character to do this um, and to leave Maul to, to grow into a evil force in the galaxy that he may be able to manipulate at a future date. If it is Palpatine, maybe it's a beta test because it looks like pretty shoddy work compared to Vader. <laughs> yeah, but I think it could be intentionally shoddy because he wants Maul to continue to suffer because that's going to fuel his hatred and anger and all of that. So make him more powerful in the dark side eventually. That's my theory. There's a comic called Son of Dathomir that I think, um, I don't know if it immediately follows the, one of the seasons of the Clone Wars or something. It's, I think it's in our queue. 
of of episodes on on that we posted on Facebook. I don't know if we'll actually read the comics or not, but um, but I feel like Son of Dathomir is the first canon Star Wars series um, to be in the new canon, the comics for the new canon. So, so I'm, I'm sure the information's out there. Surely it's out there somewhere as to how he got his spider legs. I want to do a search so bad right now. Don't do it, Drew. I'm wait, not. I'm wait not. for it. <laughs> you know, the, the only part I really wasn't crazy about with that episode and personal preference was the mm-hmm. snake. The snake, no. I, don't, I guess it was supposed to be comic relief, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I was just like, I feel like you could have found a better way to lead him here other than mm. this, you know, Ka, like from the Jungle Book. Um, he trusts in me. But, yeah. I mean, he wasn't doing that, but it's sort of what the, the vibe I got from it. And um, I don't know, it just seemed a little, that part seemed just a tad silly to me. But, mm. but again, that might have been the intention of it. Yeah. John, what do you think about the snake? So, Probably not a good episode to watch with all four of my kids, but um, these, these last these last two they were all watching, uh, including the eighteen month old. Like okay. watching, right. um, yeah, I bet. And there was you, a you have some nightmares for the next few weeks. Yeah, I'm waiting for it. Um, <laughs> but uh, there was a comment which I thought was funny uh, about Satan because of the talking snake. Uh, and I don't remember if it was William or Ava uh, uh, yeah. that had it. Um, so I was like, so I, had, I had, that was actually my first thought when I saw this talking snake. Yeah. So I was like, you know, leading them to, uh, to a tree or, you know, like what's going down in this junkyard. Yeah. Uh, I was not a fan. I think they even, if they were going to use some snake, I didn't mm. like the mouth. Mm. Uh, I didn't yeah. like it looked like a like too wide with a bunch of tiny little teeth in it. Okay. Rah, rah, rah. I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, could it? I don't know. Maybe something. I'm with with Drew. There maybe a better way to lead him to Maul. Okay. I actually really liked him. I thought he was really creepy and conniving. And and by the end of it, I kind of trusted him. And then he betrayed him. Kind of reminded me a little bit of a golem type creature. Um, gave me some golem vibes. Uh, remember when Gollum leads him to the to the spider? Um, in the, in Lord of the Rings, and what is that? Is that Two Towers where he does that? I think I don't know, but anyway, it's um, I I thought he was I thought he was pretty cool. I didn't like him like at the very beginning, but I, I warmed up to him pretty quick, and and eventually was actually surprised by the betrayal. I didn't see the betrayal coming, where he dropped him down. I thought he was just gonna like drop him off. And, and and then he when he tried to basically feed him to Maul, I was like, whoa, okay, you know, you, yeah. you, fooled, you fooled me, you know. Uh, so I, I really liked that. And then he was shocked by the results and ended up losing his life because he under, underestimated Savage. But um, but I liked him. And he saw Savage's abilities too. I mean, when he took down the junk people, so he knew sure. what he was capable of. Yeah. All right, we all satisfied by the final showdown with the four. Um, lightsaber wielders at the end. I sure was. That was yeah. a fun <laughs> fight to watch. So good. So good. Uh, What'd you I like loved, about it, John? Oh, I loved uh, I mean, there was hardly anything I did. I don't know what I didn't like. Um, yeah. Obi-Wan using a uh, uh, her lightsaber. Yeah. Was re- <laughs> And he's like, and red's not my color. Yeah. Uh, so cool. 
yeah. uh, to have four red lightsabers going there. Oh man. And the, um, and the way that they filmed, filmed it, the way that they sh- shot it, they didn't shoot it or film it, but the way that they portrayed it where you yeah. have like all these red lightsaber blades so going all over. And then when Obi-Wan finally got his back and you had the blue, that blue color stood out so much among all yeah. the red. It just looks so awesome. Um, man. How cool. What awesome visual imagery. I don't know if it's imagery or not, but what awesome visual effects. Effects. (laughs) And then thinking about, you know, what the first lightsaber battles were looking like and how they were so, I don't know, very mechanical almost. And this was so fluid. In this series, you mean? Yeah. 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 Sure. And it was so, it was so well done. Awesome. Um, What's Mother Talzin's angle? She's helping Ventress. She's helping Savage, Mm -hmm. who are now fighting each other. What's her angle? She did say something about how, like, oh, the Night Sisters will always rise again. So I kind of wonder if she's not just there to perpetuate her Night Sister clan somehow in some way in the future. So, yeah, but helping both, like, you know, why not just help? Oh yeah, Ventress. Sure. Because literally sure. the first episode, she, she's helping Ventress. That's the right. Third, she's helping Savage. And now yeah. the two that she's helped are fighting each other. So I'm like, what's yeah. what's your angle in all this? Who are you really helping? I mean, obviously, she's really helping herself. Let's be real here. But How, though? How to is she what, helping herself? Right. Either? To what end? I don't know. Right. I don't know. That's a great question. Um, Palpatine plays both sides, but we know why he does, right? Um, cause he's, he's manipulating both sides to place himself in a higher and higher position of power in the galaxy. But, but I don't know about her. Great, great question. All right. Anything else that stood out to y'all? I liked when Obi-Wan said red's not my color. Did we already say that? I know we talked yeah. about it, but a great line. That was my favorite, my favorite line in the series. And it was kind of nice to have Obi-Wan come in. It was like when we finally got this, this, this sane person, <laughs> sane, stable person, <laughs> like we've been following Ventress. We've been looking at, you know, we had some general grievous in there and then we go to Savage and we go to mom. We've got the night mother. Like everybody's just insane until we finally get Obi-Wan. I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to go take care of business. I, I, I like that. I like seeing Obi-Wan at the end of this insane arc um, play his role there. So it was funny to me too, in the third episode, how they still threw Ahsoka and uh, Anakin in there. Just, you know, like the truck stop diner, like, Hey, they're still relevant, but, they're not going to be in this arc for more than 10 seconds. What were, I don't even remember them. What, what were they in there for? Remember what at happened? like the truck stop diner, like the cook comes at him with like a frying pan, like get away from her. They're at the police state or um, remember Savage like chokes the person at the very beginning and the diner to get some information. Oh, okay. I'd forgotten about that. I and, think and they Anakin showed up and Ahsoka were there. Yeah. Huh? I, yeah, I think they that. showed up to eat. And yeah. then they're like, "Uh oh, there's trouble here!" And like oh, the okay. cop ships were out there, and um, yeah. This is. I just thought it was funny. Like weird. It's yeah. a nod to like they're here, you know, but they're they're going to have no role in this arc. Just so you know, they're they're still involved <laughs> somewhere weird. in the galaxy doing something. So sure, just checking in. It's been a while since you've seen them, so yeah, you know, they're hanging out together doing their thing. All right, let's rank it. All right, I'm giving it a nine. Okay. I thought it was a blast to watch. I had fun watching it the entire time. I liked the tie-in with with Maul, you know, mm-hmm. the surprise. 
spider mall you know creepy psychologically really dark um there were so many adult themes in here that i was i mean i think each one had an adult theme that i was a little bit surprised about you know human trafficking it's a lot of different things here but it was action filled it progressed the story it was fun it was engaging i loved it cool let's hear it john all right i am uh, i think i'm a 10 um this is probably my first 10 but mm. it this is like what i want out of this like (laughs) i want answers i want action and i want you know like like smart connections to things is what i and so uh yeah best one that i've seen so far i'm right there with you i'm giving this a 10 as soon as i saw spider mall i was like (laughs) this all right i was enjoying it really really a lot up to that point and then spider mall comes in and it didn't let up did not disappoint um, 10 out of 10 easy, easiest 10 out of 10. I don't know if I've given a 10 out of 10 yet or not. I don't remember it. Uh, but this is definitely my favorite arc that we've seen so far. So if we can do more like this in seasons five and six and seven, uh, we are in for a awesome ride going forward. <laughs> Speaking of which, um, that's the end of season four. We've got five, six, seven, and I got no emails about, what order we should watch. So I guess we'll just keep going art by art. So another comment on spider mall. So, yeah. uh, you know, I watched it, watched it with the kids and uh, I wish y'all could have heard the dialogue. Like, uh, yeah. Uh, they're like, what's he doing? I'm like, he's looking for his brothers. And then they're like, look at that spider. This is creepy. And you know, like, like the girls are crowding up to me. Uh, and then you could kind of see a flash of like Darth Maul just for a second like on yeah. top, like part of the spider. And I was like, I think that's their brother. And they're like, that's not a brother. That's a spider. <laughs> like, it, was, <laughs> uh, it was, it was oh, pretty man. exciting. Uh, kids make everything better. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, I would not let Luke watch this. <laughs> <laughs> no way. He's still watching about the scariest thing he's seen is like, you know, I don't know. What's the scariest thing in curious George. <laughs> The Halloween episode of Curious George or something where there's a scary scarecrow or something. Uh, It's about, that's about the scariest thing I think he's seen on TV. Cool. Drew, what's next? So next week we have the Onderon arc. That's episodes 502 to 505, a war on two fronts, front runners, the soft war and tipping points. All right. Yeah, and this is weird. I mentioned it last week. We're skipping 501. All the rest of season five, I'm pretty sure, is in order. But 501, for some reason, is cherry-picked right out of the middle somewhere and put at the beginning. So, again, don't know if that's intentional or not, but I guess we're going to ignore it and just continue down our chronological path, see see where we end up. Cool. Well, if you want to email us, um, Star Wars Brothers Podcast at gmail.com is the address that email address that you use. And um, tell all your friends about us. Uh, you can contribute to our Patreon and you can start out. Our starting level is, is $400 per month. And that gets you a, uh, a, a, an appearance on the podcast. Um, you, you become a regular podcast member for $400 a month. And you'll be our fourth. So if you can find our Patreon and do the $400 tier, then 
um, then you can join us. It's not true. We don't have Patreon. Yeah, but if we did. If we did. <laughs> you know what? If you want to pay us $400 a month and be a part of the podcast, uh, just send us an email. I, I will send you something. <laughs> I will send you something Star Wars related every month. Every month for four hundred. I, I can't dare. I can't guarantee what the value of it will be, but um, to somebody, it would probably less be than four hundred dollars. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll sign it. We'll all sign it. Uh, no, it's going to be too hard to work out logistically. You can um, sign at least, John. You'll at, sign it. Yeah, at least one of us will sign. One it. of us will sign. There it. you go. <laughs> Over the course of a year, you're guaranteed to get every one of our signatures at least once. <laughs> no, it's not worth it to me. I don't want to. I don't want to that. You know what's kind of sad? I just realized this. Uh, I was looking at future arcs, and I'm really excited about five and the, just the future where they take this at this yeah. point. Um, season five, most of the seasons up to this point have had 22 or 23 episodes. Yeah. Season five only has 20, so still a good number. Okay. Yep. Season six and seven only have 13. Each? Okay. Yeah. Six has 13 okay. and seven has 12. Okay. All right. So I'm like. Well, it's, I, I get the impression that we kind of ended unfinished in season six. And people were loving the Clone Wars and then maybe got canceled because there were a bunch of like unreleased episodes that they ended up sort of finishing when they did see when they came out with season seven. Um, I don't know if they're all that there may be some brand new developed ones as well, but I think some of them were all storyboarded and prepared and then for whatever the show just got canceled. So it might be more like six and seven or sort of a season together, you know, that just mm. puttered out in the middle of it, despite the momentum from, from fans at that point. So yeah. um, that's my impression anyway, who knows if that's true. Yeah, it's funny when you look up what is considered canon in Star Wars, some of the unfinished, unreleased storyboarded episodes are actually considered canon in the new canon. So that's a little weird. I don't know if we'll, we'll dig into that or not when we get to that point, but we'll talk about it when we get closer. And then at some point, there's a novel and um, some comic series that pop in in the middle of all this. So we're going to have to decide if we're going to take a break from watching to you know, read a book and some comics, or if we're just going to barrel through this series and then maybe consider doing that later or skip it all together. So y'all be thinking about that. If you want to try to do that, um, I'm probably down for it, but I would just do an audio book and I have a pretty good commute every day. So it wouldn't be that hard. Um, and I've been wanting to catch up on some star Wars comics anyway. So that would be fun to get an introduction to that as it relates yeah. to the clone Wars episodes. But we'll you figure that out when the time books. comes. So. Might we might need to we might need to take like a, a week or two off to give ourselves time to read a whole book, but because um, listening through an audiobook is going to be a whole lot more than just watching a few episodes. It'll probably be eight to twelve hours long, you know, um, of of uh, listening. So we'll see. We'll see if we decide to do it or not. Dark Disciple maybe is what that's called when we get there. I forget. I don't know. We'll figure it out. All right. No, well, thanks for listening. That that's what that's really annoying. Hmm. Are you wearing earphones? 
Nope, just one wearing one earphone. Here, listen. That's not too bad. <laughs>